Hello and good morning <laughs> from Tel Aviv. I'm with one of my good friends, my dearest friend, Neta Puvelmacher. And uh, I was so uh, delighted and, uh, you know, uh, excited that you are willing to share with me this, uh, I would say, creative space, if I may say. And uh, just to give uh, the context, uh, when we're talking about building the future the Israeli way, I think uh, people should understand that uh, the creativity and innovation and innovat inno innovative uh, attitude of the Israelis go far beyond only technology. Uh, and I think uh, wonderful things are happening right now in the art scene here in Israel. And so I was so excited that Neta, which we know, I think, for a few years, six years already, about six years, was willing to come and share with us what is really happening here. So just, uh, first of all, Neta, thank you again for coming. Thank you, Yali, for inviting me. <laughs> My pleasure. So just to give you a very, very brief, and you know, I would say, you know, it, it doesn't really give her justice, but I think I, it's more important to hear about her, uh, about, uh, it's more important to hear her speaking than about her, so I'm going to be very brief, okay? But uh, it's only, um, uh, I would say, a sign of my deepest admiration for you. So, Professor Neta Puvelmacher, a renewed uh, choreographer, dancer, former artist, uh, director of the Neta uh, Dance Company in uh, New York City, and currently artistic director of the Jerusalem Academy of Music and Dance Ensemble. And she's an innovative dance and music, uh, which is an innovating uh, dance and music company that creates sites and city-specific events in Jerusalem and beyond. So, Neta, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, you're a kibbutznikik, right? Meaning she was born in a kibbutz and raised in a kibbutz. And like, what, 40 years later? You are a leading figure in New York scene of art, music, and, and dance. dance. Can you tell us about this beautiful journey, very unusual <laughs> one that you know, from, I would say, from the kibbutz to the center of uh, the art world in, in, in the world? So. So, hi everyone, and hi Yali. So we'll start from the beginning. Yes, please do. So I was born and raised uh, in Kibbutz Lavot Abashan, in the communal child-rearing methods <laughs> uh, that was prevalent in Israel and in the Kibbutz movement and from the 1920s until the 19, late 1980s. It, it really doesn't exist anymore, but what it means is that as part of the ideology of the kibbutz movement in order to enable women to be equal, mm. completely equal um, to men. They have decided to uh, do a communal, to create a communal child rearing method, which meant that from birth until uh, you go to the army, you're not raised uh, by your family per se it's not like you don't have a family but you are you have a family and you know who is your father and your mother but your daily life really uh, is around the children's house which is your peer group roughly two years from youngest to oldest um, and it's about in my case it was 16 or 17 children wow okay um, Initially, it's a baby house, and then you go to the toddlers, to the to the infant's house, and then you go to the to the pre K, and then you go to the kindergarten, and then you go to what is called the children's society, and then you get a name, you choose a name. It's like it's a, the whole. Oh, wow. It's I didn't a, know that you choose your own name. You choose a name for the group. Ah, okay. <laughs> Because. Okay. Ours was wheat, shibolet in ah, Hebrew. Wow. Yes, okay, wheat And it is a situation where your peers become like your brothers and sisters. And your entire world, this is important because I feel like that is the foundation for good and for bad of who I am and how I operate in the world. It, it, 
there is a saying that says, uh, you, may, you can leave the kibbutz, but the kibbutz never leaves you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, essentially, uh, everything, every aspect of life is experienced primarily with your peers and with your caretakers mm. and your teacher, which is a lot more than a teacher. Than a teacher. And that means that there's a whole world and a whole sense of freedom. Now in perspective, I think it's both freedom and a little neglect. But they didn't think that it was neglect. And it is incredibly interesting. You know, it's the most equal uh, and egalitarian uh, kind of society that you could imagine. That means that we all had the same beds and the same food and the same teachers and the same clothes. We had a set of clothes for the morning when we did our chores and work and, in, and studied. And we had a set of clothes when we go to our daily visit to our parents' room. That's how it was called, our parents' mm. room. And it was in the afternoon at 4.30. We could go to visit our parents. And it was until about quarter to seven when we went back to the children's house um, to eat, you know, to have dinner and then story time and then bed. So that is where we did our plays and we did this, begins to connect to how I ended up being a choreographer. So we all studied recorders and I was apparently very good at music so oh. the music teacher decided that two of us Nira who unfortunately my best friend who is oh. who doesn't he, she passed away from cancer Ni- Nira is a, uh, was elected to play the piano even though I wanted to play the piano and <laughs> I was elected to play the violin which I I hung on for two years, but that oh. was all. <laughs> Did you go back to the piano then? No, I kind of then <laughs> later on started to, to play, you know, on my own. Okay. Okay, what then, are you playing? A, a piano and flute oh, and, of okay. course, a mean recorder. Okay. And I can otter like noise with a violin. Oh, okay. And I use it in one of my works. Okay, that's uh, wonderful. So you entered the art world from the music, uh, in a sense. Yeah, and I used to make, to make shows. And I oh, think I told yeah. you... Please um, tell, tell, tell our audience. It's a beautiful story, <laughs> please. So when we were kids, I'm not sure exactly what age, my neighbor, Shimat, uh, and myself, Shimat was in my group, we used to put on shows. And one of... You know, and, and uh, I'll tell you a story. My mom one time asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. Yeah, please tell the story. So, please tell the audience. Um, I thought a moment and then I said, Mom, I want to be a flower. That's what I want to be. And Mom, who was a yeke, that means like a German-born, like really a chain smoker, like Nadiv, do you remember those? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no filters. <laughs> she looked at me and smoked her puff, her cigarette, and she said, well, Netta, looking at me like this, not sure being a flower is for you. It might be really, really boring and dull to be stuck in one place your whole life. <laughs> And wait for the rain to feed you and the sun to shine. And the worst of all, for the bees to pollinate you. I'm not oh sure God. it's for you. <laughs> well, she was right in a sense. <laughs> anyway, so then? So then I was like, but mom, I really, really want to be a flower. I can just see myself doning all these fancy petals and dresses and sending out a magical scent throughout the world. And what a pretty flower I'd be. I'm sure about it. No question. And what that. a great smell I'd have. It would be like Chanel Hamesh, you know? Oh, well, good Like what you, you love. Prestigious your, your, your favorite, favorite 
perfume mom. So mom was a little kind of like looked at me funny and she said, well, Netta, darling, why don't you put on a show mm-hmm. about flowers? And that way it will get out of your system. So I did. And I invited my mom and my dad and the neighbor who was Gidon Levine, the father <laughs> of Amiram Levine, that maybe some of you know. And uh, I, I ran and I hid behind the sofa. And a whole day passed. And a whole night passed. And another day and another night. And actually all of winter passed. by. <laughs> And finally, my head <laughs> crept up through, your flower head, you yes, mean. Yeah, of course, through the edge of the couch, and then I looked up and I saw that my mom was asleep. <laughs> Dad was reading the paper, and Gidon Levine, the neighbor, left halfway through winter, and there was nobody there <laughs> to, to, s- to see my blooming, my grand opening. And so that's when <laughs> I decided to devote my life to flowers and to growing flowers in the most uh, kind of poetic sense. Because flowers, for me, are also people and students and dancers and flowers and flowers and mm-hmm. I like to empower and cherish uh, people to to help them find out who they are I think that's beautiful and I think you're doing it for such a long time yes but can you please tell, tell, tell our audience how you come from you know being in the kibbutz in the north and suddenly you're in New York I mean in oh Canada. how it happened yeah, so yeah, yeah, during yeah, during the army uh, I received it wasn't so established at that point but they're like like Ragdan Mitzdan it's like excellent dancer it's like like in sports if you were extraordinary the army makes accommodation so you could practice so mm. they they did that with dancers and so you That's when I met Tolina Sheinfeld, whom yeah, we both yeah, worked yeah. with in yeah. our in She our was youth. only my teacher. You worked there for me, which she was my mentor. Yeah. I was dancing for a while. Yeah. For, for, <laughs> for most of my life, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> And that was a meeting <clears throat> that changed my life. But before that, I had an incredible teacher in Kibbutz Misgavam, mm. Ariela Pellet. And that is why I think meeting her in Tel Chai, mm-hmm. um, in my youth really changed my life wow. because every single um, class with her it, I, I, I could feel the fresh paint like she she had wow. a kind she was incredible she would bring a root for example to class and would tell us to look at the root and And then she would say, "Okay, you have one cigarette to make a root dance. One cigarette? What do you mean you were smoking? One sm- length of cigarette. They used to smoke. Ah, the, the teacher was smoking. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, I'm going to smoke and you're going to create. Okay. Yeah, one length of smoking, one cigarette to make a dance about root. Which, which in the army, we have seven minutes, right? For, yes. Uh, for, so it's just, it's in Israel, it's like kind of a part of the mentality. Meaning, meaning you have seven minutes, meaning on one hand you have, it's not one minute, but still you have, it's very yes. strict. And you should. We should be extremely creative so you you succeeded in seven minutes to create something yes wow. and every single class we we used to have to complete like a short wow study or a, really wow. a complete dance or an idea and she introduced she introduced us to to music but to like I remember making dances to Dave Brubeck take five and she She taught us how to listen to it and how to analyze and how to create chords in choreography. It was just extraordinary. Are you still in contact with her? Yes. And she had the most incredible hair in those times. She had short, cropped hair. Uh, a little diff- not 
not curly like mine. <laughs> but and and when she jumped, I remember as a as a twelve year old or thirteen year old when I first met her, I used to wait to see how her hair wow. falls a little bit mm. after her. And she has bright eyes and a really contagious laugh. Sounds that you had a a mentor which was a f- a beautiful flower by by herself oh absolutely and she's now almost 90 wow now 85 maybe and she still teaches wow in the old age home in the the upper galilee wow she teaches and she complains but she loves it wow Wow, that's beautiful. Wow, and it's beautiful that you know you you know you're still involved in her life and she's in your life. she was she was the teacher of also Yair Vardi, mm-hmm. who direct directed for many, many years and founded Suzanne Dalal yes, Center. Yes, yes. so an so incredible. Y- you met her, and how do we get still? Okay, so then <laughs> I, mean? i I got the bug and yeah. i and I ask in the kibbutz like i ask to appear before the committee for blah blah to request to go to study in haifa for one day a week so i i we lived in lavotabashan which is far it's like three and a half hours in those days wow. by public transportation so they permitted me to go once a week i would leave a little early at 12 would arrive for a four o'clock class wow. would stay until for two classes in a row or three i don't remember uh, go to sleep at a relative and then get up at four to make wow. it back to school wow 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 so i did that and then i met you ditarnon and i and she gave me a scholarship to come also once a week And that's how I sort of like started to really get into dance. So, but it's, this is very unusual for a small child. I mean, why did you do it? I mean, you know, you could have had, you know, much easier life. I mean, how old were you at this age? I think 15. Wow. But still it's, it's you know, yeah. adolescence and about, you know, first love and puberty and all I of this. I was very, like. I think the dance in the context of the kibbutz I, I try to understand to, to like explain it to myself sometimes it provided provided a kind of a world in which were uh, words didn't regulate there was other mm. and like where the socialism and where the kind of regimented living didn't touch. It was mm. and it was a way to explore gentleness beauty fear humanness wow. softness wow. wow in a safe space mm. what felt like very safe space where you where other rules sort of operate they operated by by different rules and when I tried to understand and then you have to understand that at age 15 to be a allowed to take the bus by yourself yeah I think it's unusual with always with a bag my friends always say that I'm always with a bag even now <laughs> yeah I know you're always with a bag and to go and to have this time I remember like the hours in the bus and sometimes it rains and I'm just enjoying being and being on the way like not mm. being in this liminal mm. space between yeah. where I time yes it. And thinking and dreaming and I and then going and doing my dance you know taking my classes and meeting these people and I just thought that it was an incredible beautiful world and I loved using everything that I have as a human being in this art form that's beautiful so then then yeah I met Rena Shanefeld and while we were in the army at that time she started her company it was yeah. the first company was the Lita Ramati yeah of course he's now the head of uh, the Ironi Aleph mm. uh, yeah. dance program which yeah. is a very good program yeah I know yeah. she's My also s- an excellent teacher and an excellent uh, dancer very unusual character yeah and Tala Levy and Diti Toh yeah, and myself and we were the, the, the four yeah The gang of four that she started working with and it was incredible she was a phenomenal teacher yeah. and we per, we 
did a show. This is a true story. We worked on it for a long, long, long time. It was called Einstein on the Beach. It was an amazing one. Of course, I saw it twice or third. And it, it was in the Tel Aviv Museum, and I had a role in it to spin the chishuk, yeah, a yeah, ring. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. A ring, and the music was Philip Glass, Einstein on the Beach. And that particular uh, you know, segment There was the, the uh, segment of the music that says New York, Paris, New York, Paris. And I remember like doing this thing in the performance and deeply understanding that that's it. I got to go. I got to go to New York. Mm. And the next day I called Lina and I yeah. said, Lina, I had this epiphany that wow. I need to go to Juilliard. Because Lina used to tell us that she went to Juilliard. Yeah, of course. She, she, she studied with Pina Bausch, and then they became yes. very close friends. Yeah, unfortunately, Pina, which is, you know, a brilliant, uh, you know, creator. Yeah, and creator and a humanistic. She's not with us anymore, unfortunately. So then you went to Juilliard. So then I, I had a friend from Kfar Blum who studied with my favorite <laughs> teacher, who was an, an American. <laughs> And she was the first one to audition for Juilliard, and she wow. got in. Wow. And she was like, Netta, Netta, you got you to gotta come. And she sent me the application. And I did, I, my English wasn't that great. It was okay. But it wasn't fabulous. So with my handwriting, which was awful, I filled it out. And my dad helped me. And I remember, like, I couldn't sleep, like, wow. for, for months. For, from the fear of like going to audition and then maybe staying. And I went, didn't know anybody, auditioned, and the, <laughs> and the head of the, the founder of the dance department, which was still the director of the dance department of Juliet, Martha Hill, took me to the nurse's office and put me, it's a true story, she put me on, this, on the scale. And she said, "We love you, but you have to get thinner." <laughs> and I remember I swore to my you know to my soul that I will never ever do that to anyone in my wow. entire life. Wow, yeah today I, 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 I sort of understand her. I still wouldn't do it i would I would maybe do it in another way, but um, but then they took you in in any case. They took me in any case because I, I think they loved my work. They, well, well, you're brilliant. You, I mean, if, if they're open-minded, they had to see your brilliancy and your genius uh, abilities. And I don't think I would get in now because really? the people who are directing now yeah. are not as open-minded. Really? Oh, my God. So it's good for them that they were there at that yeah. time. Otherwise, they would have lost you. You wouldn't. You would, no, I'm saying my... my take on thing is that this was a burning this this is a burning platform for you the dancing and you had to you have to express yourself you would have right. done it in any case so it wouldn't be there was yet. a couple of us that were yeah. really oddballs but but actually <laughs> we are the one who lasted really the longest wow. like my friend Bopi Craig Patterson yeah. it was the, like like such a beautiful soul african-american incredibly talented we were both in remedial ballet If you know what it means. No. So when we came, we didn't know ballet. I mean, we had a burning <laughs> desire. So they put four of us <laughs> to get, like, extra push. But we did. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. Now you have to lose weight. You're putting in an extra, you know, like, you know, the, the lesser advantages. <laughs> But they were so supportive, and our peers loved okay. us. Okay. And then it, it, clearly at the end, I'm incredibly thankful for that school yeah, yeah of course of course and and it really like meeting my ballet teacher Alfredo Corvino was also Rena's teacher. yeah yeah really was incredible okay we have to jump in okay because um, no unfortunately hopefully we'll have another time because I would like to hear about these 30 years that you were so successful in the states <laughs> but then I must tell you when I was preparing for this wonderful meeting with my dearest Netta is that I saw <laughs> I saw an interview that she gave 
at uh, what is it? Uh, uh, I think eighteen, uh, right? No, yes, sixteen, sixteen, sixteen. And she was talking about her work in Philadelphia, where she was managing the, I think the the dance in Florida. In Florida, yeah. sorry, sorry, my. my My apologies. So, and she was talking about the, her life in the States, but, and, and I knew already that she is going to come to Israel at this point. It was on the, on, the, on the table. So how come, if I may say, after huge success in the, in the States, after building yourself a whole life, I mean, it was 30 years. Right, of a company, like successful company, accolades, prizes, grants, awards, and really making it as a choreographer, which is not that easy. No, it's very, very hard yeah. and more than that. But also you, you, you got, you know, you, you were up on the hill and suddenly instead of staying on this beautiful arena, you know, being pampered with, you know, I mean, you, you, had, you earned everything. I mean, it's not what I'm saying is that, but it was much easier to stay in the States. Then coming to this, you know, unstable wow. place, you know, very complicated. Israel is a very complicated, and you take, and, and you take your bag again. Right. And you come back Approved. to Israel. Yeah, how come? Why would anyone in his right <laughs> mind would do such an action? Can you tell us about that? How you make a decision suddenly? I'm serious. To, wow. To you, you have no idea how many people ask me, and they usually ask it, Because it's funny, they say, "What? You came back after thirty one years? Are you crazy? <laughs> That's what's a- wrong with you? Exactly. So what's wrong? <laughs> let's talk about what's wrong. I'm joking. Of course. So, <laughs> so um, it's interesting. I just I like uh, the year before this opportunity came, and they they recruited me to become a dean of dance at the Jerusalem Academy of Music. Uh, Paul Bloom came to Florida and he really loved to University of Florida. He was a professor there and he really loved what I did there. I didn't really know him. It was not even on my radar. I did have a festival there in which I founded. It was called the Swamp Dance Fest in which I brought Israelis to. I, I brought Yaniv Avram from Vacheva to teach. And then during the year, I brought Dana, Dana Rottenberg, who is a choreographer, and I brought Ella Ben-Aaron and Enav Levy, who is the director of Gaton. And in, and in 2010, I brought my Florida students for three weeks, 12 of them, to Israel. Wow. For, um, so I kept a connection. Of course. But it was not on my radar at all. My, my entire life, my son uh, is there, still was, you know, is there in New York. And I was just, but I got tenure at the university. And during the seven years between 2006 and 2013, I commuted, you have to understand, that means flying on Monday morning from New York to Florida, and then teaching a whole day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, until afternoon, running with driving the car an hour and a half to Jacksonville Airport, taking a flight to New York. And then working with my company wow. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow. I did that for a long while and being with my son. So, but I didn't want to move to Florida. This is something really interesting. <laughs> I, I was, sometimes I would wake up and even though the school is amazing, really, hands down, An amazing school, amazing university, one of the it's the best university in Florida. One, it's really, really amazing facility. But I looked around and I kept asking myself, "What on earth are you doing here? Like, is that where you want it? And like, is that where you want to end your life? Like, okay, so now you've got tenure. Then what? I see. And, and then this 
Like, what, what do I want to do? Like, where am I making a difference? Like, I was thinking, mm. yes, I was making a difference. For example, I, when I got to University of Florida to the dance department, there was hardly any African-American dance majors. And mm. I took it upon myself to change that. And I did. Wow, beautiful. Recruited. That's beautiful. And changed it. Uh, I, you know, I did a lot, a lot of things, but still, it felt like who cares that we're making all these incredible shows in Gainesville, Florida? Whoever mm-hmm. is going to see? Do you it? think? Do you feel the, a difference here in Israel, when in in sense of making it, you know, a change and contributing and having an impact? Yes and no. I'll, I'll go into yeah. it. No, but I was so, wondering something. So I got this invitation to become the dean. And, you know, there was a whole process. And I decided to give it a try initially wow. for one year. Yeah, I didn't. I remember. Then we met. Yes. And then we met. <laughs> then we met. I, was, I, I have to say I was in a culture shock. Of course. Of course. How not? Of course. Understandably. And, uh, you know, I did that job for two years, and I did a lot, made a lot of changes during the two years. You did a beautiful thing over there, a beautiful thing. And uh, did a th- created a theater, you know, that with, got a donation to renovate theater, did a lot, a lot of things. And then it was enough for me because I wanted to do something else because it felt like I could contribute in other ways. And so then um, the reason why I came back has to do with timing. I want to speak a little bit about that. Yes. And the yes. time in a person's life. Like I, and I made a dance about it. I made a, mm. a dance which is called It's About Time. It's not just a dance. Okay. Is it going to be in the show note that we are going to add? Did you send it to me? Time? Uh, Can you send it? Yes. Okay. yes. Okay. It's an interesting solo which really looks at time, not just as, as something with a clock, but about the time it takes to make a decision, the time it takes to find parking, mm. the time it takes to, to wait for the water to boil in the morning, or, oh, to, or in the time it takes to die, and the time it takes wow. to be born. And a time it takes to shit. And a time it takes. <laughs> I'm not sure where that is uh, yeah. on the radio. Okay, Ho- hopefully no one heard. Yeah. <laughs> and the time it takes to do other things. And the, the so the duration of when and the time it takes to cry. I remember there's a part where I cut mm. an onion. Mm, that's beautiful. So this is like, okay. So this this goes for the crying, the the, the onion. And then I open like it starts with yeah. this list of the time it takes to blah blah, and the time it takes to blah blah. And I just crawl and open up a piece of paper, like a roll of paper, with my crawl, not seeing where I'm crawling during this whole time of this list. It takes about two minutes, and the only thing I do is crawl. Wow, it's beautiful. I think it is. And then there's I'm a part. Watch it. And then there is a part there, but it deals exactly with that, with like, uh, I think the sentence is, uh, and I premiered it in Australia. From all places? Yes. In, Tas- <laughs> no, in, in, in Tasmania. Like, even, even more yeah, interesting. In a festival there. And there I deal with it. Like I say, it was like I left with a suitcase and a dream and that was it, one-way ticket to New York. And back as well. And, and then, why did you come back? There's a no, whole No, I'm saying section. also the back yeah. is, is taking and also then, again a dream and then, and then, and a, yeah. Yes. And there's a section there where I danced to, to a beautiful tune where I got two of my students just throw at me. Why did you come back? But why did you come back? Are you crazy? Wow, interesting. So you used it in your, Yes. Wow. And then I, I say it was time. I, it was you know, time. It was time. It was, it was just, it felt. The inner a, clock, the inner yeah, clock. There is such a thing, there is a time for everything. I mean, there is, in, even in the, you know, it's in the Bible. Yeah, but it was time. My dad was 93. He was in great shape when I got 
back. And he passed away in 2019 when he was 99. And I got to really be with him for the for the last six years of his life, and that was extremely meaningful for me. So coming back here and what I've done since, it's as much as I could say about the African-American uh, that I brought to University of Florida, here I feel I've done a similar thing with Palestinians at the Jerusalem Academy of Music. Can, not, can, you, can you speak about that? Not that they're wearing Palestinians, but I made an effort. Like they, I really took it upon myself to go to Bet Hanina to this one school. I gave workshops in in Bet Sahur. I, I and I felt voluntarily. Yes, you simply showed up. I said, you said I want to teach. Yeah, like a workshop. And, and then, how did they react? I think the fact that I, that I spoke English with an American accent <laughs> was... And not, and not Hebrew with an Israeli accent? And there was actually an interesting... No, I'm not sure that I want to say it, but um, there, I went with a student who wanted me to see her perform. She was I remember first that, that the one that you took to the, to the academy. Yes. remember the story, but please tell it. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful story. It was right after Tsukeitan, which was also really difficult for me. It was yeah. the first summer that I'm here, and there's this war. And yeah, unfortunately, it was a horrible one. Yeah. And, it, and she was coming into the first year, and she really wanted me to see her perform. Lo and behold, the show was in Ramallah. What, what am I going to do? <laughs> I remember we talked about that, whether you should go or not. Yeah. And I went yeah. with my American passport because I didn't want her to feel like I don't care. And it was fine. And I'm glad that I did because I feel like she, she really, um, she works now both in Israel and in Ramallah, and in, you know, she's just, I, I understood that we have to do make this change if it ever has a, a chance. Yes. From yes, people definitely. to people. Yeah. That's the yeah. job. It's yeah. like how we are talking. It's person, yeah. to, person, person to person. Or this radio uh, chevroti. We have to tell the stories and make the personal connection. Yeah. And I commissioned works for the ensemble on purpose. And the whole project, uh, which is Body Dance Site, which is a city and site-specific project, which I founded and, and thought about and initiated and created, um, was about providing an open space for multiple narratives of the city of Jerusalem to be heard side by side, not that one is dominant, but just to lay them to have the voices. All of human voices. All of human voices speak. Yeah. yeah. And so that's, that's where I feel that I do make a difference. And I also feel, you know, in a way that I make a difference in my approach to choreography. Okay. In, in that can, can you elaborate on that? Which I think it's a very, very unusual and... Because I think there is such... Your you have a creative view on creative process in dancing. Right. Yeah. First, I think that everyone can choreograph. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, like has... Because it's a process. It's a what I call choreographic thinking. It's the mm. ability. You have to help people see and, and kind of recognize that all the elements are there. What makes the imagination in incredibly powerful uh, tool is our, in our innate uh, ability. Even though you could practice it just like you practice other things, to connect what I call seemingly disparate element. That's where our strength. C can you repeat this and explain it? I think it's a wonderful concept, but I think it needs some uh, explanation. I think it. it you you always say that I'm humble. It's not that. It's it's not that I'm humble. It's just that I see that 
all the elements. I'm not making new things. I'm connecting things in a new way. That's the concept. Because mm -hmm. the, the, the DNA, then the RNA, even everything that is here or here or here is made out of the same component in different orders. And so this, like the, the difference between this and the bottle and my body, there's a lot of differences, but it's the, the way that the components are arranged. What you're saying, besides the difference, there is a lot of connection and similarities. And That's right. And yeah. the connectivity, which brings us to technology later, yeah. is the name of the game. Mm -hmm. And the, the human mind is able to, to see a connection where none exists. So I'm always saying to my students, the mind is able to make the connection. That means there is a connection. You know? Well, yeah. If you can uh, envision it, right. you can create it. Right. And, or it already exists, but it's, it's, uh, it's not easily... But it's, it's yeah. like you, you put the spotlight on a on connection it. just by suggesting it, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, and we know already that everything is connected to something other yeah. than itself and that nothing grows in a vacuum so there you have it so to say so what I'm trying to tell students of choreographies or people because I used to go to Alaska for example for 10 years two weeks a year the state of Alaska flew me into some village or another or another and in those residencies I used to teach in the entire village that's beautiful. I didn't know that about you. Yes. The whole village? Yeah, like the mamas and the oh, kids and the, the grandchildren and the, yeah. Yeah, and the okay, grandparents. Wow. This is a beautiful experience for you as well. Yes. That a whole village is, is dancing. And I used to put on a show at the end with everyone. <laughs> of course. Without the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the whole point was to kind of let people taste the ability to make these connections and create something, to choose your elements, and then the primary um, effort is the, the chibur, the composition, the, composition, the, the, the making the thing. Mm. Yeah. So what you're saying is that as if there is so many layers and by the choreography or you create the connection between between different things which are suddenly it's invisible but also between different layers if, if right if and that way you can you can connect mediums like mm. you can get and and i do that a lot in my work like speaking singing music dancing yeah. and making the movements or inventing the movements which is also i i have a yeah you i don't know if you invent movements i mean there's like you know they might mean? be already there. You have to, I would say, simply discover them. Right. Discovery is a much better, yeah, much, much better word for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pina Pausch as well was speaking about that many times, you know, that it was the, the, as if the movement was there and she had to find it, if I recall from one of her uh, interviews. You, you yeah. choose from, from, in, from uh, infinite, uh, infinite possibilities yes. of movement one path, because movement is always like, going from point of departure to a destination, right? And that's, by definition, There's yeah, so movement. many ways, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also in science, there's so many ways. I want to ask you about the corona. So you're Ooh. here for a while, and suddenly corona, the COVID-19 hits, I mean, not only us, not only you and me, and unfortunately the whole world, it might be, you know, if only two people got it. But so you're here, you're in the middle of, uh, you know, huge creations working you know you know delegating you know you know any you're in the middle of life in a sense and then suddenly this right shut down so how did it meet you what do you think about that and how did it impact because i know it's definitely impact the way that you're it yeah. definitely uh, the first uh you know it started i remember i i was supposed to go to china it was January 2020. And something in me was like, Netta, you're not going. When was it? January? Yeah. And you thought I'm not going? But not because of COVID. I was like, something in me is like telling me, no, I don't want to go. How, for how long were you supposed Maybe to go? With the students. They for went. How long? For how long? For like a week. And I was like, no. This, was, this would have been your first uh, time? Time in China. Okay. 
And I gave my place to another person. And when they came back, there was already the, the news that something's going on. Nobody spoke about a pandemic yet. No one knew. Yeah. I mean, not really. I mean, yeah. But anyway, this met me the first, you know, uh, wave when I was on half sabbatical. And I planned to do a lot of things. I planned to go to Morocco for a biennial uh, of, of like African dances and choreographers for contemporary dance. And I had the ticket and the, the, the hotel and the invitation. And I meant to go to Berlin to research my family history. And I had a ticket to go to New York to visit my son and visit friends and da-da-da and do all these things. And boom, none. It was stop. You know, came March, and that's it. Closed the airport, can't travel, can't do anything. So I took a writing class. When did you take it? I mean, immediately in March already? Yes. We already understood that you have to... Yeah, I was like, I need to do something that is really different than what I'm doing. And I took a writing course, creative writing course, which I really loved. And was going back to writing, but that was only part of it. And then I practiced at home. I did Gaga half, half an hour every day and yoga. And at first, I was really enjoying the first quarantine period, the first like what is it what was a month a month five weeks how was it yeah i don't even remember remember how how happy we were yeah like you were starting to give this yeah well yeah yeah i was i was off the roof because you know i just you know it was time to give that's what i felt but you the same in a sense here i mean from the first i'm I'm from yeah march i started and i started to give these special classes online composition classes for machol shalem for gaton for this for that and the other and it was interesting to think about what can I do in this using this medium of Zoom, which nobody yeah. knew. So that was the first thing. And then um, then we got out of this, and here I am in October 2020, 2020. That's almost a year ago. And I'm back to JMD, and I'm back to directing the the ensemble and the jerusalem mayor's office the the dance program really wants to collaborate with me on another project body dance site but they want me to commit to have a show and a particular date and to have product and i was like the money was was nice what they offered but i was like i couldn't do it i couldn't i felt like this year it was wrong to start it by saying i'm committing to make a public show we had to start from a different place this we had to very, this is you know very brave i mean in a sense that you know i mean you have something is handed on you over a plate and you're saying unfortunately no i can't do that and uh, yeah because i felt like I couldn't commit to artists that I would ask to create in this special circumstances where we don't know okay. what will be the product. I could only say the most interesting thing we could do is to use this period, and this is what led to public parking, to the project. We could use this period as a way to explore different formats. Wow. Okay, okay. So, no, we have only seven minutes. Ah. <laughs> okay, and, and so the, well, uh, can I say, Neta, because uh, it's so interesting. So I was wondering whether about, you know, uh, this specific, I mean, the process that you will be able to set an, another time, because I think for any kind of creator, it would be extremely interesting and valid to learn from the process you had only on on uh, Okay, so we'll have another one only on this because I think it's beautiful and you might want to bring other people. So, okay, so about park, but continue about, so what happened then? So then um, I said, no, I cannot commit. And especially you cannot, it was a difficult thing because they they said that they wouldn't uh, pay the artists 
unless there was a performance. Oh. And I said, you cannot do that. I'm not going to commission and have artists or the dancers do anything if these choreographers are not yeah, of course, being of paid. Course. Okay. And I felt like I had to free, like, and I read Hagao Kotev, what she uh, writes about the uh, public spaces, public parks, public you know, train stations, bus stations, this, this place of true democracy. Like, and mm. I felt like this period where everything was regulated, we couldn't go out yeah. of our house. Yeah. We couldn't convene. We couldn't yeah. gather. Only the Balfour demonstrations, <laughs> which I, which I used of to course, go. Of course, there was something interesting about it, and and the whole. It felt like the entire world was parked. Okay, and that's when this parked the oops, oops. the entire world. We was, have we have to stop here. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm sorry, but uh, I'll have. Uh, <laughs> we are in the middle of it. That's what it means that we are both in the middle. So what we'll do, we will schedule another hour and out an hour and a half, so we can really speak about you know this uh, wonderful process because I think it's also. I think I think the whole world had to be very creative and to very adaptive in this uh, time. But I think what Neta did, and I think the artists uh, here in Israel did, was marvelous. And we are going to have a need, another meeting besides with Neta, and if you want to, you know, yes. invite someone else to be with you, but also with Nomi Fortis, which also would, you know, a very close friend for both of us, which is also doing beautiful things in in the art uh, scene here in Israel, and especially in the Corona and with this unusual uh, year, which also you was. You know, uh, you know, a move in the government, you uh, change in the, in, you know, the political life in Israel. So um, at this point, I'm sorry, I have to, we have, we have to stop. But uh, we are going to share in the notes, which are going to be all over, also in Spotify and iTunes and iTunes and of course uh, the YouTube and, and Facebook and everywhere. We are going to share a list of. Um, I think articles, but also work and uh, links to l works uh, of Neta, so you can in enjoy. I think the the fruits of her unusual creativity and ability to transform and to translate feelings, situations, uh, uh, um, interaction into the language of dance. So. Neta, thank you so much. It was such a great pleasure. Thank, thank you so you. much, my dear. And until next time. Thank you, Yali. Thank you. So it's been a pleasure. See you here soon. Thank you.